0: Let's Talk Home Repair is sponsored by Matriarchy Build, who provide tele-DIY services connecting homeowners to vetted pros for one-on-one video consultations. Visit matriarchybuild.com to get guidance on projects as small as a leaky faucet or as big as a home remodel. You can even book a session with Amy themselves. Visit www.matriarchybuild.com.
1: Tele-DIY. Like telehealth?
0: Yeah. Cool. I know.
1: Hi, I'm Amy, General Contractor. And I'm Alicia, Homeowner, and we're talking Home home Repair. repair. We have a super special guest today on the phone. Really excited uh, to talk to her and the work that she's been doing. Amy, who do we have? We have Mandy Ranahan. Woo! Yay! You are in Canada right now,
2: yes? I am in Niagara-on-the-Lake. Oh, nice. (laughs) Right on, right on. Uh, Name of your company? Is freshco.ca, not the grocery store. Okay.
1: (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. And then your your book, The Blue Collar CEO, My Gutsy Journey from Rookie Contractor to Multimillionaire Construction Boss. And it's uh, releasing April 19th. That's pretty
2: exciting. It's really exciting. It was a long, long, long time to see through a pandemic trying to write a book and get it out. But uh, the audio version is even better if you're not a reader. I got to say, if you've ever heard a... East Coaster tell a story, <laughs> I was a, a virgin. <laughs> So you are doing an audiobook version? Oh, without a doubt. I've already done it uh, twice. It's kind of like you do the first take,
1: yeah. and then all
2: the uh, Collins, the powers that be, that listen to uh, things that seem wrong in, in right. verbiage. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, the audio version was fun, because yeah. it's in my own words, obviously, but it was also more emotional, because it's just like, there's just some times that I just kind of stopped and, you know, the guys that were, you know, kind of like the, the sound engineers on the other end just were awesome. And they're like, fair just take your, take your time. But it's just, you know, being, being in, you know, reliving your life through uh, a book, uh, sometimes can just bring out, you know, the, you know, all the things that got you to where you are today. For sure. And, uh, it can be a little bit emotional. And if you don't have a connects to you, you got to right. figure out what that is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so, I mean, why did you decide on the book now? I mean, you're still relatively
2: young folk. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, it's, it's, it's funny that you asked that because it was kind of like golf. I always said I wouldn't play until I was over 45. <laughs> you know, it was, <laughs> <laughs> and then, And then you become you and you start realizing, well, hey, I can't play. uh, I can't play group sports anymore because of my life. Sure. And so golf is just one of those things that it doesn't matter whether you like it or don't. You all share the same curve. That's awesome. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. So, So I think, you know, literally what happened is I was in Boston and I, was doing, uh, you know, some early morning show, mm. and you know, my publicist was calling me, going, "Mandy, this this woman from Harper Collins won't stop calling here," oh. and I and I said, "Oh, okay." So you know, and I will say this, you know, with with just being me, I had no idea even at that time who Harper Collins was. I am <laughs> okay. not an ass book reader. I read every newspaper under the sun, and my partner was like are you gassed? <laughs> I, fault. Yeah, like, <laughs> and whatever you tell
1: them, do not tell them that you didn't know who they were.
2: <laughs> Sweetie, I had to, you know what? It's just who I am. I wake up like this every day, yeah, you know, right. whether you want it or you don't, but you know, it's funny, you know, when they started talking about, you know, there was always the pun down home, the Harlem romance. So as soon as they told me, they were like, you know, they're the ones that did, you know, they're, Irland Romance. I was, I was laughing. I'm like, like, okay oh, now yeah, I know those covers. I know those covers. You know what? Every lesbian aspires to be, right? Right. So oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so they called me and they said, "Listen, like we just have never heard anything like this on a on an early morning show." And we looked you up and we were like, "Holy shit! Like, why do you not have a book out?" And okay. that was when, just, you know, all the people in my life looked and said, "Bear, it's time." Yeah. Like it's time for you to write your story, and and I just committed to it. And like anything else in my life, I I had to make sure that all of me was in it, and sure. that was probably one of the hardest things is trying to get you know a very authentic, respectfully uncensored person into the pages of a book. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, and being so vulnerable, I would imagine. Well, it's it's everything. It's like you know what shapes us are all the experiences in our lives, whether right. they're personal or business or, you know, the guy that tries to blackmail you when you're 24 and you don't know what to do. And, you know, Jeez, it's, wow. it's everything, you know, it's just that whole version of being a young person, you know, trying to navigate the, the world of entrepreneurship. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. back then, it's like I said, I left home with a dirty hockey bag full of everything I had, uh, a lot of work ethic, some personality. And then on top of it, I figured out I was gay 28 years ago. What a resume right (laughs) (laughs) Right. so they they approached you
1: about the book so was it your idea for the the show trading up or were you approached for that
2: yeah I I, you know what I think that the show was was more mutual um you know we had did a big uh event here with a friend of mine at the TIFF the Toronto Film Festival and you know it was one of those things that you know she was like look I really want to meet you to meet my friends the Property Brothers so they they sit on this board and they were like listen they're gonna love you and of course, I I did know who they were, and and it was one of those things that even you know, chorus entertainment was just like, listen, we want to do something different, you mm-hmm. know. And 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 for me, I was like, look, I'm not a formula. You can't put me in a box, right? You know, I I can't be that. This is what I am every day, and you know. And they really they really wanted that. And so for me, it was more of it was very much like the book. You know, you go home, you sit with your favorite person who just happens to be beautiful and smarter than I am. And just, you know, you you talk and you just say, like, is this this the platform that I need to really move on this mandate of redefining the collar blue and changing the answer to what do you want to be when you grow up?
1: Right. And
2: it, it was just TV was never anything that I aspired to be on. But then I also looked with everything that I do. I knew that there was a chance that I probably would you know, be a hit in a, in a way where I could inspire, you know, young people, minorities, you know, every, in every community going that wouldn't see themselves in the trades. And so when you look at the show that we just shot, I mean, it's so diversified and inclusive. I mean, you just want to laugh your ass off cause it's just amazing. And it's not even that it's that everybody's got a wicked personality. And it just really shines through on why diversity is just so important and why we just got to keep chasing it until equality sets in.
1: And we definitely want to talk about this. I want to back up just a moment, though, and tell folks that Trading Up, that it's a new uh, television show that's debuting on May 12th on HDTV Canada. And what's different than a lot of renovation shows is that you have three apprentices worth working with you, right?
2: Yeah, we, we, we
1: handpicked three apprentices.
0: So that was, that was your focus for the show was, was to to bring the apprentices in,
2: teaching them the
0: trade as you're going along.
2: 100%. Okay. Teaching them business, teaching them, you know, what goes into, you know, I mean, you, you guys know yourselves, there's a lot of times you'll turn on TV or turn on something and go, yeah, so you're not doing that for that. Like you're, you're not, you're not doing that for that, you know, and it's, and it's sometimes frustrating because what transpires on TV and what's reality sometimes you know, there's there's no happy place there. And so for me it was one of the things that when we went into this, you know, my brand's always been, even if I have to lose money, you know, it's gotta be done properly. It's gotta be done that when they if somebody wants to flip that house upside down hundred years from now, if my name's on it, it's it's gonna be done right. And so that was where the apprentices came in and let me tell you, I couldn't have picked. I couldn't have bought sight on scene worse houses, you guys. I I mean, it was like, besides, you know, foundation issues that there were foundations, some places didn't have any. I mean, everything being rotten on the inside, the outside, beetles, bugs, fleas, you name it. I couldn't have, you couldn't have tried to write this better. It was just incredible. So how did you pick your apprentices? Was there a criteria that you were looking for? Yeah, I think that the criteria was more around it was around people that I felt probably would have been overlooked. You know, people that that had some too little uh, experience in certain ways. And then I also picked, you know, a couple of our, our apprentices actually have a trade under their belt, but mm-hmm. the business aspect of what they were doing was very lacking and they wanted more experiences in, in, in more parts of the trades. Mm-hmm. So we really tried to look for those people that, you know, I felt could be leaders after this show. Mm. So are they looking to open their own business then? You know, at the end of the day, I think that they all looked at what they went through with me. And there's a part of them, to be quite honest, are maybe afraid (laughs) to (laughs) go into this. (laughs) You know, and and I think that that was another thing that for me that I was trying to, you know, really get, you know, out into the airwaves was you. You have to be very careful about going into old homes, and 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 you 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 have to have. You know, I said it's not a rainy day fund; it's a tidal wave fund.
0: Oh, right. Because you
2: just never know what that's going to look like. And as you two know, one of the things that we we were hit the hardest with when we shot the show was obviously it was in a pandemic, but we were in a seaside town that. You know, people only renovate, you know, between the middle of of, of May until October, because that's the only window you have. And so we to try to find the right trades to bring in was a challenge. and And it just highlighted why we really need to change the narrative around the trade industry. And we really need to open up the doors to everybody that wants to use their head, their hands and their heart in that trifecta, you know, all day long.
1: That lends to a nice transition, Transition transitioning our conversation to the trades and the advocacy for promoting trades. The core of your heart's work, it sounds like, from the very beginning, Blue Collar CEO and, and the work that you put behind it. And we talk a lot about that on our podcast here, and Amy's very involved in promoting the trades. Particularly in non-traditional communities, and I even hate to word, mm. use the word non-traditional because everybody can do this work. Right. Um, tell us a little bit more about the beginning of your advocacy work. Are there associations you work with? Did you go and start working with cities and counties, or what was your approach to changing that idea of working in the trades?
2: I I think that really to answer it more simply, and I'll I'll you know I'll elaborate, but it was just being me. You know, Mm -hmm. what was interesting for me was, you know, growing up in a small seaside town where everything was, every person that you grew up with, for the most part, was full of a lot of character, a lot of love, and and, and really just loved to joke around, but had, you know, uh, just a terrific work ethic. And, you know, you figure that my dad was a lobster fisherman for 47 years, you know, what a trade that is. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I started to realize was in this actually is part of my book. And I'll give you a little snippet was, was really when I had, you know, moved to the city and, and, and started working for people for free, you know, to gain experience, because I didn't have the time to go to school, I didn't have the money. Hmm. And what I started seeing was just, you know, where all the voids were, you know, in all these companies that were owned by men, right. And it wasn't that they weren't great at what they did, because they were, it was just you start seeing that, the skill set that a woman brings to the table complements that of a male's, mm-hmm. which is why I've never been about segregation i've always been about listen, some of us come with different skill sets that that either anchor or complement you know other people or other situations and so you know I remember being in a in in a bar and 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 literally uh you know getting on with this 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 wonderful human being. And we went home for the weekend. This is a true story. And I was all excited. And I was like, wow. You know, and I'm looking at my buddy and I'm like, hey, look who I've been with all weekend. And, you know, I mean, I was 20, maybe 21. Mm -hmm. And when I left that weekend, I remember standing on the step and I was like, hey, you know, when when can we see each other again? And she looked at me and she says, you know what? You're cute. And we had the greatest time and whatever. But you know, people like you and I never go anywhere together.
0: No. Hmm.
2: Yeah. And that was my first. You know, don't forget, everybody. I paid for the whole weekend. So Miss <laughs> Academic, right? <laughs> right. So, so it was one of those things that right at that moment, what I realized was this class system mm. was like it just slapped me in the face. Yeah. And all it did was was at first it hurt, you know, for the first five minutes. And then it burnt a hole in my soul to really, truly find that equality, you know, in the industry of if that was how I was treated then how of all these men, our, our fathers, our grandfathers, all of these polymaths, that they're the first person you want when you're in trouble because they can build anything, they can fix anything. Mm-hmm. How were they all treated? They were only ever looked at as, you know, the guy that drank too much, you know, after the Friday night hockey game. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Like and so that that was really one of the things that it started even way back then was was me realizing just the the narrative in the in the stereotype around this industry was horrible. Mm -hmm. And that's why literally there were so many times that I wanted to be in the trenches of my company because it seems to be where where I was the happiest. But I also knew that my gift of being able to translate to every part of, of that industry and other industries was I knew I had to bridge the gap between the white collar and the blue collar industries. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the things that has kind of made me or gave me the name, the blue collar CEO, is because I can go speak in front of, you know, 2000 people that that work for one of the biggest professional firms in the world. And they're all, you know, inboxing me saying, God, we wish you were our CEO. Mm -hmm. Because it's not about what you do. It's about how you feel about people and what they're good at. And I think that that's really, truly, you know, a narrative that's really hurt. It's, It's not only hurt us socially, but it's hurt us big time economically. And it's killing companies like mine and many others. Who have great leadership, but you can't scale because you can't find the right people? Right, that right, right. Your right. brand, right, yeah. right,
1: right. So, where did you start uh, reaching out? You know, what, what were the some of the first venues? You know, when you did find that you had kind of the gift of communication,
2: where did you start? I literally just started getting calls. They started okay. doing so. I was I was at a party over in the middle of Saint John's, Newfoundland. And we were we were we were doing a, a charity for a local women's shelter and I remember a great friend of mine who I hadn't seen forever looked at me. It was kinda of like the book deal. And this was <laughs> probably when I was still in my my late twenties to my early thirties and she looked at me and she says, Bear, you've gotta start telling people your story. Mm. You've got to start using your gifts because nobody knows who you are or what you're doing. Like no nobody knows. And so that sat with me for probably a couple of years. And then I heard it again and again. And finally, you know, I hired a publicist, you know, who who believed in who I was. And they started doing so many different uh, columns and so many different, you know, magazine and newspaper articles on me. People started calling me to do keynotes. Mm -hmm. And that's when it happened was that, you know, I I just knew that if you got me out on a stage, that would be where I would thrive.
1: So that's your main venue and that's where you found the most success is those those public engagements, the columns, you know, spreading the word that way in in those venues.
2: Yep. And it because I wasn't preaching to the choir, I made sure I was not only helping and 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 helping the industry, but you know, to build build it more around a business so it wasn't so siloed and we're still doing it. What I was doing is I was actually keynoting, and for the longest time, I would even keynote for free, for all the areas of business that didn't realize the systemic issue we had in the trade industry and why. Sure. And then you would see their head nodding and bobbing, and they're like, yeah, I never never thought of that. And I'm like, well, hey, yeah, because if you were going to be anything in life, you had to be a doctor, an accountant, you know, a lawyer. You know, all the dumb kids went to trade school. I said, "Do you, do you know what that that's done yeah. to our skills yeah. who have re, who were removed, you know all of the, the 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 different types of trade classes that I grew up with, and and so it's just been very interesting to see that I've made it very clear that a lot of the people that I go after, I go after stockbrokers, I go after you know. The, all of the different people. And they're like, well, Mandy, why are you targeting Bay street and the New York stock exchange? And I said, because I said, their whole mandate is to make money. And I said, without trades people, you're not making shit. Right. Right. So it's like, why don't we, why don't we take that big edge and make it work?
1: And so what is, when you do a keynote, what is your ask of them? You know, when you give them examples um, and, and hopefully, you know, open their eyes to that connection And the stigma, what's your ask of when you're talking to a stockbroker or an
2: industry like that? I, I, my ask is first of all, to, uh, bring them into reality
1: Mm -hmm. and remember
2: how essential this industry is to every day of their life and their family's life without the trade industry. They'd be standing there with what God gave them. No roads, no buildings, no water, no plumbing, no, no food, no nothing. Right. They'd be standing there on grass or gravel with nothing They're They look and they're like, I, you know, I never thought of it that way. And then they all agree with you. Mm-hmm. And then they look and they say, how, how can we help? And the first thing that I say to them is, are you a parent? And mm-hmm. they say, yes. And I said, then you have the biggest leveraging ability of anybody on this planet. And what I want you to do is I want you to realize that when your child, is growing up and, and when they're going to school or, or whatever that may be, you have the ability to show them a whole other career path that absolutely is allowing them to maintain the beautiful cities and architecture that, that our parents and our grandparents and their parents built. And I said, and they're also can to be part of an industry that's, be, that's been so modernized in so many ways, that they can be a part of building the new part of North America. Right. You know, instead of them sitting in a damn cubicle, driving a car they can't afford, and got, you know, basically student loan debt up to their yin-yang. Right. What I
0: I find to be a a systemic problem with that is like, yes, having the parents, you know, um, back the trades and – to talking to their kids about this is this is a viable uh, career path for you is that Because this has been so uh, downplayed for so long that you know, parents don't know how to change an outlet. They don't know how to clear the clear the clog in their drain. So so the kids don't even realize that this is something that that they can actually do to work with their hands. And and I'm finding that my desire is to actually go into, say, the Girl Scout troops or the the middle schoolers or even the even the the elementary schools to, to teach kids that you know this is kind of what it's like this is what it's like to actually work with your hands to create a product to be you know self-reliant and and take what something you're doing apart take Third it apart <laughs> and put it back together right so you have that 100 you have that instant satisf- satisfaction whereas you you go to college for four years and you've got this tech job and you work for eight hours 10 hours a day and you've got you can't stand back from your desk and look it's like damn i did a good job it's like what did you do Now, I'm not saying that those jobs aren't needed. They are, you know, absolutely. But but I think the trades are like the only profession that you can stand back and look after a day's work and you've got some satisfaction there.
2: Yeah, I I think that to your point, I think that how I sell it is, there's nothing that opens your soul up, like the sense of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's so many times that inside my time budget, like it's so funny that the producer that shot my show, at Christmas time, sent me a pic of her little girl, you know, playing with a, t- a, a, a plastic tool set.
1: Right. Which, to great. your
2: point, you know, teaching her and, and and at that age, they don't know any better. Right. Right. So, so then all of a sudden she's learning this tool set and she's putting together this little birdhouse. And so then she's like, well, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. And so that's where I believe that when we look at, you know, people like you guys, me and everyone else out there that believes in this industry like we do, you start pairing everything. You know, right now, I, somebody inboxed me last week about these, uh, th- you know, these, uh, these kids books, yeah. you know, around women in the trades and diversity and, and just, you know, and I was like, yeah, because none of us can do it all alone because the narrative, as you said, has been so ingrained in people that they really don't know how to get out of it because it's really about the peer pressure of saying, Hey, I'm in law school. Right. And, 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 you know, and that, in that, 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 that pretty girl that was on the, on the, you know, on every athletic team going, or maybe one of the cool kids says, yeah, you know, I just went into carpentry. Right. We're not there yet. Right. 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 We're not. Yeah. And so, so the more, it's one of the things that right now, to give you guys a little bit of an idea around even, you know, for me, I was always preppy in school. I was athletic. You know, I was the one that I was that kid, but I, I, I literally, I looked after everyone that, that wasn't that. I was the one that looked and said, if you tease this person one more time, I don't need to tell you what's going to happen. It's not going to be good for you. So I, at, even back then I was leveraging my abilities to help the people that didn't have that confidence to stand up for themselves. And, and that's one of the things that right now that I'm really trying to harness is the outlets behind how entrepreneurship and the trades really go hand in hand. Right. And really making people know that, you know, it, it, and, and also when a magazines call, you know, it, I just did one, a luxury design magazine, and there's me, everybody. And I looked and I said, I said, it doesn't get any more luxury. It doesn't get any more sexy. And just so you know, you know, all the cool kids are coming to the blue side of the tracks. (laughs) And it was funny because they asked me, they're like, listen, why this magazine? I said, because it's about time that you started highlighting that, you know, I I drive an expensive car because I like it. And I wear expensive clothes because I like it. And I get boots made wherever because I like it. And I'm blue collar. Yeah,
1: right.
2: I'm blue collar. And so it's really just, that's one of the things that you see people sit back and, and they look and they go, why am I going to show up on site in an old truck? Right. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that truck. Right. I just don't drive one right. anymore. Right. You know, like I drive this. So, so that's where I've looked and said, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are. You know, you can be stylish and still be blue collar. Right. You know, and that's one of the things that that's really resonated with me over the years is just how people believe that everybody that's blue collar or in the trades, you know, sh- shops at, you know, the 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 hardware store down the road. And it's just un- unbelievable to me that I'm looking and I'm like I I don't understand what's happening here, but it's a, it's the same narrative that's yeah. been put in place.
0: Well, there's such a there's such a range of I'm thinking of in my industry, right, residential carpentry, residential remodeling kind of thing. You've got you've got the guy that you um, hire off of Craigslist that that does come in that 1975 Ford. And he's got so many papers on the dashboard that you can't even see it. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Right. And there's there's that that guy. guy, Right. That that charges you thirty five dollars an hour. Um, and, yeah. and then there's me and my colleagues where, you know, we've been in business for over a decade and, um, you know, I drive a brand new Ford pickup truck with signage all over the side of it and everything. Um, and, and, you know, I know people that drive, they drive a Lexus or they drive a, right. And so there's just that huge gap between yeah. and then when, when people think of contractor, they think of that guy in the old Ford. Yeah, right? they they that's they like oh that's the guy and that's what you're going to be doing and and he hasn't washed his pants in a week and you know <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing so it's yes. uh, it's it, there's such a, but such isn't a that huge the,
1: isn't that the greatest thing about the trades one we talk about it like it's just two or three jobs and it's you can you know, be this, whoever you want to be you can be who you ever you want to be so if right. you want to be yeah. crazy stylish and and I think one of the things to get over the stigma because we're Americans and Canadians. You make a pretty good living in oh, these yeah. trades. Oh, a yeah. Great,
0: good living. Oh, well, okay.
1: so I have a, a,
0: an acquaintance who has a stepdaughter and graduating from high school this year is not interested in going to college. She's, she's just, just said, you know, I really, I'm, college is not for me. So they did throw the idea of, of uh, going into the trades. And she's like, yeah, I think, yeah, I think I would like that. But what are my friends going to think? And it's that and
2: were-
0: there's that stigma. It's like, oh, my word. They're going to think that you're smart because you're not going to have and, school debt, yeah. right? You're not and, going to have I student And I
2: think loans. that, you know, you know, to your guys' point, I think that when you look at where we're at economically and from an inflationary standpoint, you know, we all know, we've been around long enough that that's not going away. Right. And I think that that's where, for me, you know, my, my hope is, is that, you know, some people might not want to go in the trades, but then once they get in it, they're going to look and go, why the hell didn't I do this before? Right. And and I think that that's where you know when you ask why why did I go through, you know the the two and a half years of, of writing a book and doing a show and you know all the while I'm trying to save my company, you know ba- you know build it back up again after the first pandemic we've seen in ninety years. Right. And and so when you, so when you figure out what you're doing, it's because. I really truly feel that it's it's my my pledge and my duty, very similar to what to, to where you guys are at right now with my success, to stick up and, and, and really truly pay respect to all those people, like even those guys that when I was nineteen, twenty, that you know, taught me how to pull wire and do this and do that, lay bricks, you know, lay limestone. You you, you name it. And and they did it because the one thing that in this industry that I've recognized is a lot of the people that are in it, a lot of the people that teach are some of the most humble, beautiful people mm-hmm. that that ever existed. And and you know, and they get a and they get a raw ride. You know, yeah. like you, you right? They they get a raw yeah. ride, and I'm like, can we just stop with this? Because you guys all know that too much estrogen in one room is a shit show. <laughs> it's, it's, and you know what, and, and, and as we also know that too much testosterone in any situation is proven to be a shit show. Exactly. Right? So right. The, the, the idea of blending, you know, everybody that's male, female, and in between or above is just what needs to happen because this is such a dynamic industry that can play to anybody's heart and their passions and their wallet. And I and I really I love I love that what you guys said is that there's it's in the more people like us that show the success behind the industry. I think that we're going to we're going to pull that needle out a a little bit further each year.
1: Sure. Mm -hmm. So with the with the show and with the book what's next for you? What's the next thing you would want to do? Kind of a continuation of those venues or is in, in your mind, is there a place to step it up or step it to the
2: side? What do you want to do? Well, I think that the first thing I want to do is I want to see, you know, for me, I've always been a little bit of the sit back and watch and kind of run the analytics of what worked and what didn't. Sure. And, you know, you know, cause I, you know, I'm one person and, and as you all know that there's times that, you know, we just, we run out of gas. Right. And, and yeah. that's why I, the oh, yeah. last thing I want to do is run out of gas. So in the middle of all of this, I'll, I'll give, give you to a, a, a little sneak peek in the fact that what I recognized about the company that I built was that I can't do it on my own anymore. Mm. And I needed like-minded uh, women that were like me, that, that were self-made. And so I just went on a hunt you know, to find these, these women in the industry. And I knew of them because, you know, through, you know, different people and different, uh, um, customers and this and that. And, you know, I, over Christmas, I just looked and I said, Hey, you guys want to have a, have a drink over zoom. Mm -hmm. And we just had a blast because we're all going through the same thing. And I just looked and I said, look, we're better together.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, I said, I would like to acquire you and I said, and I would like to merge our minds, our hearts, our ethics. And, and I really, I, I really want to do this much more quickly. I want to make a difference, you know, with this company much more quickly. Right. And they just looked at me and said, holy shit. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're, we're literally going to launch the, you know, this great news to the world in September. Great. Awesome. and, and Oh yeah. So congratulations. That's
1: exciting.
2: Yeah. It's just, and so, you know, it's just really partnering with so many other people in the industry that feel the way we do and, and just creating diversity and, and acceptance in the industry to really just do so, so much more. Yeah. So that's one of the, the things that Very I'm, cool. that I'm doing yeah, it's, it's going to be great. It's already been great.
1: And, Mm -hmm. and, you know,
2: the other thing it teaches you is, is that, you know, I've never done things the way that everyone else has done them because it's just not who I am. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I can relate to that. (laughs) You know, it's just like, I just, I just can't. And, you know, so this wasn't a typical deal, but we're not, none of us are typical. And so we really truly believe that this, this merger of the minds will really, you know, do something very dynamic Uh, to the retail facilities and construction world. And yeah, I couldn't be happier. And and, yeah, sitting back and watching where everything heads will be something that, you know, I'll be able to figure out when am I going to shift in third year? And what road am I going to continue to go down? Sure. So what kind of what kind of background do your uh, potential business partners have? It, you know it's it's funny because two of them are were actually our business partners and they 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 come from residential and now they do a lot of uh uh build outs you know in commercial mm-hmm. and so that was their that was their main main vertical and then my other partner her vertical was in the medical and dental build out field and residential so they they definitely have you know a, a very similar uh, background, but it 's just we all grew up in, in residential mm-hmm. you know and, and and the and the fact of the matter is is that it will always be all of our passions, yeah. but you know mm-hmm. the the commercial and the retail world is where we 're really you know dumbing down and and and, and letting you know the old man 's club know we 're coming.
1: Yeah,
0: good. yeah. Do you find, <laughs> do you find that to be easier to work in? I, I've done a bit of smattering of stuff in, in the commercial world. Um, and, but we yeah. do, you know, 99% residential, but I find that commercial is a little bit easier because
2: we're not dealing with emotions.
0: <laughs> right. oh,
2: under, well, and I think that, you know, when you look at my portfolio, that's one of the things that we all agreed on was that, you don't have that emotion, which allows you to scale much more quickly, mm-hmm. but it allows you to touch so many different apprenticeships and so many different people, mm-hmm. you know, in, 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 the fact that we need that. But then you, you know, when you look at, you know, when it comes to design and residential, you know, we all share in the fact that it's always going to be our passion and we we'll always do it. Like, I mean, there's people that wait years for me to do their homes because they know that I'm going to I'm going to do it properly mm-hmm. and in within the line because I've been doing it so long but more so it's an outlet for me because I just it, it's just it's it's that full package of creativity but if I was if I was in residential day in and day out yeah I could see why you say that yeah yeah <laughs> that's a lot, oh, yeah. Yeah. a lot of feelings a yeah. lot of feelings. <laughs> so how, how often do
0: you put your tool belt on
2: you know what? Uh, in Yarmouth, it, it was actually, it was fantastic because we were doing, we just had one nightmare after another and we had a very small window to do it in. So, you know, like I'm I'm in the shop working on the CNC, putting together cabinets, you name it, framing this and that. And I was just like, woohoo. <laughs> like it was just, Finally you back know, like I was just, you know, and then they're like, hey, Barry, you know, you got to show up and you got to get your makeup done and you got to do this. And I'm like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so it's, just, it, it, it's probably, the, it was probably the part that I found the hardest was I wanted to be on site, you know, laying floors, doing that. And, 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 and I think that that's probably been the biggest sacrifice
0: yeah. of my
2: life being me is I would rather be there, but I know that using this other gift of mine is what's going to change the world. For all those people that are on site every day yeah sure yeah
0: sure. yeah I have a hard time with yeah. it I, I just want to be out there training my crew and it's like this is yeah. how we do it and these are the expectations and but nobody else is going to be running the business <laughs>
2: so I kind of yeah, have to exactly. let that go
0: but it's, <laughs> oh, I just want to you know I want to have my tools and it's like here let me show you how to do this
2: <laughs> right. yeah no and I listen it's it's and like I said it would probably be if I if I had to say in this is in westernized terms probably the biggest sacrifice that I've that I've ever had to make was being the CEO instead of instead of being on site and just going at her yeah right
1: yeah yeah, yeah. totally yeah. yeah well I'd like to move to yeah. the really important issues
2: if, very important that's issues okay with
1: you we have our lightning round that we would like <laughs> we've got three questions we would like you to answer <laughs> our first one hey. what is your favorite tool chop saw oh okay nice that's a good nice one. That's choice a good one. nice choice we've had we've had a couple of happy hours with folks in the trades construction and amy's team i think yeah. we had hammer what else do we oh
2: i had vice grips ours is mine
0: mine's utility oh, knife
2: uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually i could if i had to go back and pick a uh one that was similar it would be a concrete saw <laughs> oh, oh yeah look yeah, at yeah. her go oh, okay yeah, know what she does yeah,
1: yeah. all right yeah Here's a big controversy again in our happy hours.
2: Gloves or no gloves? Oh shit. Right. You know what? I'm torn on that. I, I, you know what? I will say I would, uh, my first one would be no gloves, Yeah. but I would say that the new manufacturers today are making gloves better. Yes. And it's turning me towards the, I would say up until like two years ago, I would say no gloves, but right now, there are there are different brands out there that make me say wear the gloves. Yeah, they're pretty sweet. I'm with, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I
1: think because you're right. For years they yeah. didn't have they didn't make it in women's proportions. They were small. Exactly. But they were just yeah. short fingers. <laughs>
2: you know, they exactly. Just short anything, exactly. But,
1: and how flexible <laughs> some of the heavy duty ones are, just fantastic. All right, yeah. here's the biggest one. Okay. Three considerations that a homeowner should make when they're thinking about a renovation. Any size, but you know, at least a bathroom size. Like, what what are the three things they should consider?
2: Oh, no, the first thing is are they happily married?
1: Ah, Right? That's
2: exactly right. We actually
0: have in our sales packet a graph. Of the remodeling yeah. process and, and the emotions, right? And, and when you get to the point where it's drywall, right, you are at the bottom oh, because the oh. drywall dust that is all over. And people appreciate that, it. That, that stuff you're scrubbing out of your skin for months. Yep. <laughs> oh, exactly. Like I, and that is when right? they just
2: want you out of the house. <laughs> they want you out. Yeah. So, so my b- biggest thing is truly, are you in a stable relationship? Whether it's you and your mother, you and your sister, right. it, whether it's your partner or brother, you've got eight kids. That's my first thing. The second thing is, do you have the money or contingencies because you're going to need it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your rule of thumb? My, my, my rule of thumb is always between 10 and 12%. Cool. Yeah,
0: that's good.
2: Yeah. yeah. And then the third thing is for me is really, have you, have you looked at what your life is going to look like in a, in, a, in a couple decades from now? And is what the money that we're using right now is that money going to give you that layout and that function that you're going to need? Then, oh,
1: mm-hmm. well, interesting. Yeah, that's good. Yeah,
0: yeah. I get I get people that call me that are going to sell their house and they, they I want to renovate my bathroom because I'm going to put the house on the market. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, no. no, you do not. You want to save that money? Renovate the bathroom in your new house, right? <laughs> yeah. In this market, well, no. and, and
2: I think that it's it's incredible what you know what people think, and I and it's funny. I mean, I remember sitting in Vegas in a sauna I just had a massage I was so excited nobody was bugging me and then these (laughs) women kept coming into the sauna and enter the steam room and and then they I mean literally every one of them was in there like literally on a vacay because they were just about ready to lose their minds over these renovations in their homes Uh. and they thought that I was a celebrity food network gal (laughs) and I was like no and, and, and then I was like oh shit oh shit oh shit please don't talk to me and then it was that was it when they found out who I was I mean it was just full on and, 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 th- and then listening to all these women <laughs> you know half naked in a towel tell you that like they're, they're broke they're depressed they're frustrated they're like you, and you're just sitting there going you know and, and this was always my thing and I'm like shit you know why I got to make more little Mandy's? Like, there's just the residential industry is just full of people that will pay for the right job. Oh yep. yeah, and oh, and there's yeah. not a not enough people. You know, to 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 our point before, there's just not enough people that understand people that that are that are forking out this money and understand the trades enough to lead. These scenarios to be what they need to be, Right. you know, yeah. and that that's why you know the more you know we generate more leaders that have the skill sets that we do, you know, will garner leadership, you know, from a trade perspective, but also garner leadership from c- consumers believing in the trade industry again, oh, right? That's, that's and huge. so it's huge, you know, and you know, I mean, I, you know, we, we put out a little thing once, and, and I remember it said, hey. How would you feel if a if a female showed up on your doorstep is one of the three people that you called for a quote? Well, holy love of you know Diana, it was just like yeah. I mean half half of the posts were men going that would be amazing. Oh yeah,
0: we get calls all the time specifically because we're woman owned uh, residential remodeling company. It's like we want to work with. We're done working
2: with the men. We want to
0: work We've with. Tried yeah. that right? Doesn't work. And yeah. 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 And I
2: think that the, it's that your guys' ability to lead the guys that know that this is what I'm good at. Yeah. And that's the vulnerability that I try that in a lot of the times when I when I talk wherever it is to how many audiences about it's there's that vulnerability of us really saying, you know, this is my skill set. I'm not good. It's it's like my partner's a public speaking coach and and there's times that I uh, I look at some of the people that she's trying to coach, and I'm like, why? why you're the person that came up with this invention, which is incredible, right? Well, why the hell do they have you trying to sell it, right? <laughs> right. It, it, because you, you know, like people will die of cancer before you before you ever <laughs> to get anybody to, to to buy it. So it it's really and it's the same thing. Is why are we've always we're trying to make certain people, it, you know, and we're, I think a lot of it we're talking about the, the you know, the, the male industry, that it's always been, hey, I'm a carpenter and I'm a good one and I'm, I can do this and I can do that. Maybe I should be a business. Right? Yeah. And so what you start to realize is, is that that same person is so great on site for site supervision. They're great with this. But they suck at administration and business and people. Oh, yeah. And so that, that's the real you know, apple of my eye is just even listening to, to, to what you guys are doing and knowing that not only are you giving the consumers, you know, a really safe place to come, you're really role modeling a part of the industry that's always, you know, fallen to the fact that hey, you know, I'm good at this, so I guess I should just put my name, you know, on the side of my truck and show up, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right, you know. And so, 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 so for that, ladies, I applaud what you're doing and. And wow, just like keep it up. Keep it up. It's great. Thank you. Thank you.
0: And you the same. You the same. And if you ever
2: find yourself in Seattle, I hope you look us up. Uh, we definitely should keep in touch. And yeah, you know what? I wake up like this every day, and I'm just so grateful that, uh, you know, to have a conversation with like minded, you know, business and role models like yourself. Awesome. Right. On. Good
1: luck on next week with all your releases and in May with this new show on HGTV Canada, Trading Up, which will be exciting
2: to see. Just so you all know, Hulu is where you can watch the show. Oh, awesome. perfect. That's perfect. great. Yep. Yeah. All right, Dale. Right, you know, start putting the beer on ice. All right. right on.
0: All right. Thanks <laughs> all right. a lot, man. Appreciate it. Hey. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Alicia. This podcast is sponsored by Amy Works, a residential remodeling contractor in Seattle. We want to help you realize the dream of your next kitchen, bath, or basement remodel. Check out some of our work on our website, amyworks.com. Give us a call at 206-478-2019 or send us an email at help at amyworks.com.